Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football-specific podcast. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined, thankfully, as always, by... This is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt, you on Twitter? I am Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Once again, we very much like it if you can rate and review the podcast, but most importantly, share, baby, share. Mm -hmm. Numbers are going up. Season is getting closer. There's things to be excited about. Got us a new fan last night, actually. Yeah. Gopher fan. Hadn't seen him in about a year, okay. which is a, you know about when we were starting this last year. So I guess last time I saw him didn't come up in conversation. And he was kind of surprised that I have this podcast. And he says, I listen to podcasts all the time. Always looking for a new one. So, Tom, this is probably going to be his first episode he listens to. Welcome, welcome aboard, Tom. Tom, the Minnesota Gopher fan. And you never know, if you play your cards right, maybe you can get an invite to the downstairs athletic club yeah. to watch some football with us sometime. He's a local. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. All right, so we have got two teams that we are going to do on this podcast. Um, just to give you a little insight, the way we try to break these down is we try to mix it up a little east and west in each podcast. Yep. Uh, you know, we're not going to be crazy and put Ohio State and Michigan on the same podcast just to be try transparent to, like that. We're going to try to mix up the blue bloodish yes. and non blue bloodish type of thing. If that's yeah, that's like some of the some teams with the bigger followings are going to be put together with some teams with not so big following. Yeah, you know what? I think that's. Yeah the smart way to do it. Yeah. I was actually talking to my brother and he's like, you know, if I was you, I would. And then he literally listed out exactly oh, yeah? how we have it. I'm like, no, nice. I'm glad to say that because that's pretty much how we have a plan. So yeah. So we are, most of the uh, podcasts are going to be two team or three team podcasts. This will be a two team podcast. And this is pretty much random though, with that, that uh, uh, explanation out in front of it. Um, we're going to do the Michigan State Spartans and the Purdue Boilermakers. And these are our, our official Eyes on Big 2019 season previews of That's these right. teams. Boom. Boom. Uh, but before that, we're going to hit a little housekeeping. Housekeeping. No, thank you. Sleeping. Housekeeping. There's some actual big news here. Uh, several Several items here. First of all, out of College Park, Maryland, wide receiver Jeshwan Jones with an ACL is out for the season. Ouch. That's devastating. I mean, Huge. he he was going to be their big playmaker in the wide receiver group this year. They were expecting huge things. I think he's a big playmaker for the passing game and the running game. Yeah, he's, he's, he's versatile, right? He's utilized in a lot of different ways. And I thought he was, and he, and he is, it's just not going to happen this year, a perfect fit for the Mike Loxley type of offense. Yeah, that's probably true. So, continuing with information out of Maryland, Ron Zook has been hired as a <laughs> senior analyst for defense and special teams. How much you bench? How <laughs> and, much you bench? And another way to say senior analyst means recruiting guru of some sort, right? Well, and, and it's this, with these coaches, it, it's a fraternity across sure. the board with coaches, well, but, but even more with, with guys you've worked with. Before. So, well, let's point out, uh, Ron Zook was the boss of... Mike Loxley, head coach, when he was at Illinois and Florida. So there's a history there. That's how the Zucker came on board after losing his job with the Green Bay Packers. They're in the trust tree together. He wants somebody on the staff that he trusts that's probably since with that being his former boss, I would think Zook wouldn't have any issues coming to Loxley and saying, I disagree with how you're doing this or that. And, and, and if Lox wants us to go right, which we know he does. Yeah. 
I bet that's the reason why he has Zook on the staff. Well, and I think it's a good hire. I mean, you've got a former Power 5 head coach, a guy that's been in the NFL. He's got a good resume, right? Coached at Florida. He's now an analyst on your staff. That's a, that's a pretty big get, I think. And if you are a pretty big get, if you are the uh, uh, liquor store that is close to uh, uh, College Park, you better that stock su- up that Natty Light, Supplies the Natty Light, yeah. yeah. You're going to have to order a little more than normal now that the Zucker's in town. And then how many people do you think, because I think we've talked about it on the podcast, but it's been a while, I joked about the how much you bench. First of all, that was a Saturday Night Live skit. And, and now oh, that you think yeah. about it, that's like literally – that's like 20 years ago. Right. Saturday Night Live. Like, it's probably yeah. like 25 years ago. <laughs> Adam Sandler, David Spade, Chris and Chris Farley. The the funny thing is the Sandler and Spade and uh, the other guys, they've got like the fake the fake muscles muscle, on. Yeah. but not Farley. He's just he's, he's just got a tight shirt Chris on. <laughs> and they and it was the game show. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. And then uh we make the joke because Ron Zook put in the Illini. Somewhere around 2007. The, the, the uh, media, media guy. Media guy. There you go. The, his bench press. His bench press. And yeah. probably had pictures of him water skiing. Yeah. Which he's an. I sent you that one picture, didn't I? I can't remember. I just sent you a Zook picture of, of, of him water skiing. Okay. Like not on a rope, like on the, like, oh, the yeah. bar oh, yeah, off yeah. the side. Oh, yeah, and I don't think he was even wearing skis. No. Very, <laughs> <laughs> very fun. But anyways, welcome. Welcome Zucker back to the Big Ten, baby. I'm just glad he's not in champagne. Well, right. I couldn't get rid of that guy. You know, like I, I never wanted him to be hired as the head coach. He and I have, never wanted to see him go. And, well, yeah, I don't blame you. And he had one great season. I'll be thankful yeah. for that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we just couldn't get rid of him. And then I'm a Packers fan and, you know, he, he gets fired and then he shows up at, as a Packers <laughs> special teams coach. Like, I can't get rid of this guy. But I think in debt, in all honesty, if you're a Maryland fan, you should actually be happy. about. No, him you should definitely be happy about this because yeah. he will. You know, these guys aren't – their title's not recruiting, but they do get involved in that to some degree. And, you know, that's what he's known for. Yep. So, yeah, great hire by Locks. You bet. Okay, now this one is hot off the presses here. Fresh. Defensive tackle Lorenzo Neal for Purdue. Now, we're recording Saturday afternoon on the 10th here. Apparently had, had off-season surgery, which we knew about, but it – He's not recovering that well. So he's going to be a game-time decision, apparently, for, for week one. And Jeff Brown even said, quote, I'm not optimistic. All right, so we'll put a ball on it right there, seeing as how Purdue is the second team we're talking about, and we'll expand upon that a little bit more sure. in the team breakdown. But, yeah, obviously that's a big deal. That's it for housekeeping. So first up in the 2019 Eyes on Big team previews, the Michigan State Spartans, of course, of course coached by Mark D'Antonio in his 16th year in East Lansing, last five years, they are 43 and 22, which works out to about a nine and four record. Last year, they were seven and six. What are we thinking about the Spartans? Before we go there, we call him the snake oil salesman. Yeah, we do. That's from you. Where does yeah. that come from? Um, I believe he is the he is the <laughs> the type of guy <laughs> that he looks like just like just the classiest. So like he like looks he, like a huckster. I think he's a little bit, but behind the scenes, he'll do what he'll, 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 he'll cut your oh, yeah. strings out if he has to win. Absolutely. So I, there is both. It's a backhanded compliment is, is how I mean it with snake oil salesman. I have okay. respect for Mark. D'Antonio he sells a lot of talk. snake oil. He does. Yeah. And he sells a very potent type of product. <laughs> potent mix. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, the Sparty, let's, let's get started talking about Sparty here. 
Last year, a bit of a disaster, kind of. I mean, it wasn't a horrible year, but offensively, just atrocious. You can't really get worse than that, can you? But on the other side... Oh, my Lord. The defense was just friggin' lights out. They were all D, no O last year. So As bad as as bad as bad the disparities you can get. Which is perfectly lead into what I have here. I'm holding up my piece of paper and showing it to Big Curve. Um, for each team, we have got a sheet or two written out that breaks down the stuff that we want to talk about pertinent data. Just a little notes. With you. Um, I've got great names uh, highlighted in gray for solid starters coming back. Green for extra special players. Okay. Blue if we're not real sure about that player okay. position group. But I've got a special thing for Michigan State, which is a picture of the DC Comics character Two Face. Yeah, from the Batman series. It was appropriate movie. last year. That is literally that was their the best description when their defense was on the field. It was the good looking, you know, lawyer version. And then when the offense came out, it was the charred, burnt face where you could, like, see into the bone of his jawline. It was awful. Now, the one thing I would point out is the offense, uh, a Mark D'Antonio offense, you know, the style of just overall uh, team football they play, it never lends itself into being an explosive offense. Definitely not. With that being said, it's not like their offenses were typically among the most atrocious in No, they the were nation. productive, they especially were productive. running the ball. And it started out the year, they were pretty darn good. If you yeah. look over in their numbers in September of last mm-hmm. year, they were still moving the ball pretty well. Well, and then all the injuries started happening. There you go. So I, I guess that brings us to, I, I really expect a bounce back year from the Spartans. 100%. Um, I'm wondering, can this defense even be better than it was last year. I'm not sure you can be better, but you look at them on paper, they don't lose a ton here. When I wrote down, so for each team, I wrote down the players that are lost from the year before. They're obviously going to be tough to fill. I didn't write down any defensive players for Michigan State. Now they've lost the Got a couple of defensive backfields, but they're front seven. Not to the point where I don't think that they, it's going to affect them that much. No, I don't think so either. And that's that's, that's more of a compliment to, the Michigan State defense, defensive coordinator Mike Tressel, obviously since D'Antonio's been there, Tressel's in his fifth year, they've proven over and over again that they can reload on defense and have good sure. good defenses. Last year was a great defense. This year could be even greater. I think it's possible they could be better. You, but they only gave up 78 yards rushing a game last year. That's going to be tough to, to equal. So maybe they equal that and their passing defense gets a little bit better. Maybe. Right, right now – you could you could make a plausible case that if you if you gave the best player on each uh, line of defense, meaning D line linebackers mm-hmm. and D backs, a Michigan State player could pause, plausibly win that award in each layer. Yeah, I guess Joe Bocci, Kenny, uh, Kenny Willickis, Kenny Willickis, Joe Bocci, and Josiah, Josiah Scott, Scott. Right. I mean, that's a pretty good start for defense, and that ain't it. They got more players besides that. Well, no, their front seven, they only lose one true starter, but the guy that's filling in at the star position, Antoine Simmons, has played in like 26 games, I think. So he's not he's not green by any means. No, not, and, no and, pun intended. Right, right. And then defensive tackle Raquan Williams, another stud. I yeah. mean, this is a guy that it's, it's going to be tough to get first team all Big Ten defensive lineman this year because the, the conference is just, just flat out stacked sure. at that position. But this is a guy that's going to be an absolute stud. 
and and you might not know his name simply because there's that many good defensive linemen, not only in the Big Ten, but in on Michigan State's team. So we I mean, we could just keep talking about this defense. We expect nothing yeah, but greatness. From we this could go defense. on and on on the defense. Now, we'll get to the offense in a bit here, but. How do you feel about the shuffled around coaches at this point? I really didn't like it initially. It was all on offense. D'Antoni, you know, you shuffling the chairs on the Titanic. Remember, we talked about that. Yep. How, how confident do you feel in that right now? I feel a little bit better. I feel better, too. Really? Okay, because we haven't talked about that. Yeah, because he – now, this is according to Mr. Snake Oil himself. He says he's returning guys to their areas of expertise, where he's kind of moved them around in the past. They're going back to their – And that's actually the truth. Okay. When I look deeper into You looked into, into it. it. Okay. You know, uh, the offensive line coach getting back to his roots, uh, quarterback coach, things like that. Mm-hmm. Yes, there there is some truth in that. And I don't know if this is the perfect time to branch into that, but it still smells a little bit to me like a head coach that knows he can do whatever he wants and probably knows that he's not going to be there very much longer. Okay. In fact, that, I might, have not that. E- might not even be there past January. Okay, so before we get to the offense, I'm glad you brought it up because I have that as as one of my talking points. What does it take for Mr. Snake Oil to ride off into the sunset, and what does it take for him to come back another year? I can't plausibly come up with something that makes him want to come back. Really? Yes. You think he's he think he's that far out the door I at would, this point? I would put my next two paychecks that he's gone at the that by well, the end. Well, I know their their roster is not shaping up well after what after this year. And so the recruiting class is looking recruiting like is not going it's great. Just, it's fairly to launch. Right Those now. are two red flags right there. Yeah. So I don't know. Let's say he just goes seven and five again this year. Does that stoke the fire and make him say, well, I'm not giving That's up yet. That's my whole point. Seven and five, knowing how much of a rebuild he's got to do and how much better the entire conference is getting. Yeah. That's a reason put, not to go. Sure. And obviously if he rides off into the sunset with a big 10 championship, what greater time to leave uh, than that? Perfect. Right. So do you know what I'm saying? I don't, I think it you is could tough. Make I know. Up, you can make up an argument no matter what the record ends up that he's like, it's time for me to go. It's yeah. Good timing. All right. So let's get to the offense. Yeah. The putrid offense that they had last year. We already brought it up. A lot of that was based on injuries. I would, I think 80% of that. Was I mean, based on their injuries. offensive line was, was decimated. Their wide receiver core was decimated. Uh, Lorkey was injured. Lorkey looks healthy. The offensive line, you look at that on paper, it the entire looks offensive fantastic. Back. The entire yeah. offensive line is coming back. Yeah, and, and don't they even have some guys? Uh, let's see. Yeah, they got some guys that were starters that are sitting on the bench. They're only – actually, one, there's going to be one new starter, uh, Devontae Dobbs. He's the highest recruit in the Mark D'Antonio era. And, and that's what I mean. The starters are coming back, yes. and one guy might get beat out by right. a better player. Correct. So one would assume – if, if one is assuming health, the entire offensive line will be healthy and better, mm-hmm. talent, development, everything, then it would lend itself to believe that you would protect Brian Lewerke. So just for a minute, Big Ten fans, try to forget 2018 Brian Lewerke. Yeah. Try to channel 2017 Brian Lewerke. I kind of had somewhat of a man crush on that guy. Absolutely. He was good. He He's would, gonna be he that would, good. This he year. would tuck the ball down and run, and all of a sudden, Michigan State's offense was was really tough to stop. Yeah. that year, they there was a reason why they won so many games in 2017. If that Lewerke and that offensive line plays, that's a reason to have optimism right there for the offense. Yeah, and and I, I just there's no way they can have the same injury problems. I mean, that those things tend to even out. Right. So they're gonna have a healthy offensive line or healthier. They're going to have a healthy quarterback. They're going to protect the quarterback. They're going to have wide receivers to throw to. The big question mark is running back, right? I think there's two, but 
I think it's both. I think it's both skill positions, running back and wide receiver. Well, they got they go okay. fairly deep at wide receiver. Cody White, Darnell Stewart, yep. Jalen Naylor, right? But I need. We've talked in the past about the machine. There's some. There's some mm-hmm. machine that spits out that Michigan somewhere State. located in East Lansing yep. proper. Yep. Not sure exactly Part of where. The snake oil salesman. Yep. He, he doesn't tell anybody where it's at. He just he just pulls yep. out the clone. It was Felton Davis last year, yes. which, by the way, was a huge reason why the offense fell apart. Because once Felton injured. Davis yeah. went down, that that's the guy that you know took the top off the defense, sure. whatever it was that he did to get open and be the guy. I need to see. I need somebody to be that. Could that, be Naylor. It could be. Yeah, he was pretty explosive be. last year. It could be, but that he didn't show it last year in the mode of the Felton Davis, Plaxico Burris, you know, those type of players over the yeah. years. Uh, betting Fowler, you know, whatever. So I, I, who is there that guy? I don't know. I mean, he was a freshman last year, right? Yep. It could be him. I don't know. Yes. And then on top of it, I'm not in love with, with any of these running backs. I mean, Connor Hayward is a nice, eh. yeah, there he, you go. He's built like your typical Michigan state running back. He's just not quite as good as they've had in the Correct. past. I just don't think he's that explosive. Me, I don't even Jefferson, think he's that same thing. There you go. Yeah. Same thing. But, but so there, everyone's talking about Anthony Williams, a freshman. Yep. Everyone. Like, yep. apparently he's balling out. He's looking great in the weight room. He's looking good on the practice field. And I imagine he's going to get a lot of carries. I don't think it's going to be necessarily he gets the lion's share, but I think there's going to be three backs getting a good number of carries here. I agree. And if it, obviously this time of year, if you are a fan of your team, your, you know, hope springs eternal, right? If I am that way with Michigan State fan, I'm thinking to myself, well, the best position to be green at or to have a true absolutely is running, running back. Yeah. So yeah. if Anthony Williams is this revelation that he is supposed to be, I don't know. That that's that's huge. I'm not expecting him to be a revelation, but he does fit. He he's kind of the Sparty type of back. He's more of a power back, but it sounds like he's got more explosiveness than Hayward and Jefferson do. And he doesn't need to carry the mail all game long, all year. They they'll they'll have some sort of you know upperclassman. Obviously, we talked about Hayward to to help alleviate, but somebody has got to come in and provide some juiced up 17 yard runs yeah. to get the offense going. If Could it's be him. him. It's a huge deal. Could be him. Yeah. So, I mean, there is. There's a lot to like here. There is a lot to like here. I'm, there is a coaching staff that has nothing to prove. They have won the Big Ten championship. They have done amazing things. Nothing to prove. But if this is their last year, they want to prove everything. Because they want to get a new job as far as if you're – or what are you talking about? Well, I guess about? the – sure, the coordinators. But okay. Mark D'Antonio wants to sit back sure. in his recliner next year and, and bask in the no. glory of his Big Ten what championship. I, what I mean is they don't have to prove that they can account, they can sure. get it done because they have, quote-unquote, got it done I before. I guess in the they're past. motivated. This is a okay. motivated coaching staff this year. Yeah, no, I, if, I'm i not questioning their – I don't think anybody's questioning their motivation at all. But anyways, long story short, coaching staff in good position – the defense, I, I I, don't know. We could go on and on. There's just doesn't seem to be anything to talk about other than they're amazing from top to bottom. Pretty much. The offensive line is back, blah, blah, blah. There, You are not crazy to think that this is a 11-1 Big Ten championship. So I'll go ahead and say this is my Big Ten sleeper. I'm not picking them right now to win the Big Ten, but this is a team that nobody's given a chance that I think can win the Big Ten. Which, by the way, 
is exactly where Mark Dentoy. That's right. He likes to come to... out of the out of the from behind the bushes and surprise everybody, right? Even his... though he's he's come out behind the same bush <laughs> every like time. Five but, times. But we still fall for it somehow. <laughs> and and we're doing it again. We're doing it again. Right now, everybody's picking Michigan. One or, yeah, or, it's or pretty much all Michigan or House. Yeah. Mostly Michigan and and there they are right there. This so. could be the team. We might be looking at them. All right, so let's get into the the schedule. Um, basically how we're doing this is is biggest game, mm-hmm. scariest game and a curb stomp game, yep. which I think is pretty fun. So let's uh, <laughs> let's go with curb stomp game. We'll start we'll start out with. So basically, well it's your you wanted to throw that in there. So you yeah. tell me how you define curb stomp. Okay, game. it's not necessarily you go against Sisters of the Poor and you beat them 73 to nothing it's just a team that you are gonna like take to the woodshed you don't not necessarily you know um whether it be an upset or whether it be you're not just gonna beat them you're gonna show them who's boss okay that's that's what i'm thinking when i when i think curb stop okay so i'll just go ahead and give you mine all right they go out to the desert last year lose to arizona state early in the, the year I think that's the curb stomp game. Okay. They're going to show ASU who's boss. I actually like that better than my answer. I have Western Michigan the week before. And I'm sure they'll curb stomp was them. They'll curb stomp Western Michigan to show, you know, Arizona State. Okay. We're, we're, com- we're coming for you next type of sure. deal. Okay. Uh, biggest game I got, I got at Michigan November 16th. Yep. Ditto at Michigan. And obviously it's a rivalry. And obviously that plays into this being the biggest game, but this that that could be the de facto Big Ten. It could East be yes, championship right, right there. It's late in the year. It, it, it for Michigan State, and after that they just have Rutgers, Maryland. There you go. Yeah. I mean, it sets up really That's a well. Huge game. That's going to be awesome. You know, no, nothing against your Illini, but and, and in fact, it goes Illinois by week and then Michigan. Uh, by Illinois, Michigan is what I have. Illinois by Michigan is that what I said? No. So November two by November nine, Illinois, then at Michigan. Yes. Okay. By Illinois, yep. Michigan. So, so it's almost like two buys. <laughs> 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 and then, and then uh, a finishing kick with <laughs> at Rutgers and what I uh, think will be a struggling Maryland team. Yeah. By then. Sure. Long story short. All the focus is going to be on the Wolverines, and that's yeah. And if they are still in the hunt, that's going to be a huge game, yep. uh, scariest game. I have at Northwestern. So do I, because they they just never play well there, do they? Am they I, do not. Yeah. No. They, and and the other thing too is, I do think they're going to be looking forward to that Arizona State game yep. as payback, which is the game before, and then yeah, then they got to go on the road for the first time well, at Northwestern. So that's the thing. That's their first Big Ten game is at Northwestern. Yeah. If this is a team that is. It, it, they think that they can win the Big Ten, and they go on the road and they blow it in the first freaking game. Right. That could that could set them off the rails for the whole season. And it'll set up perfectly for Northwestern because they'll be off to a one and two start. Right. And be looking awful, and then suddenly right. turn and they'll the whole be ten point dogs, and they'll win the game. <laughs> All right. So their over under is set at eight. What do you got? I love the over. I this got one. the over. Love here the over here too. I'm surprised this hasn't moved up. Maybe it already has, but uh, I mean, it's tough. Just uh, they're in the East. They, they've got a tough schedule, no matter what. But I still like the over on eight. So I mean, I mean, you look at the schedule, and and I'm gonna be with with us showering compliments yeah. on them. Now you go back and look. We can the talk schedule. out the other side of our mouth now. Okay. And, and I think we should give a little bit of high-low on what could possibly okay. happen on these teams. So you look at like, – I, I think everybody does the same thing 
with a schedule, right? They, well, realistic fans do it anyways. Unrealistic fans just say, we're going to win all these games. Mm -hmm. But if you're a realistic fan, you look at games that you're for sure going to win. Yep. Maybe sometimes you think for sure not going to win. Yep. And then the jump balls. I think Arizona State, Northwestern, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Penn State, Michigan, those are all jump balls. Yep. That's agreed. five games right there. It's 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 not hard to think that they would lose all those, get tripped up somewhere else. That's a six and six team right there. I just don't think I don't see I think seven and five is their absolute basement. If it things is, go go badly, they're seven and five team. I, I think if you get this it's, bet at eight, it's probably a pusher better. I think there's I think like so. a ninety percent chance this is a I mean, pusher better. I think they're gonna sure Arizona State is is no pushover. They're not gonna be as good as they were last year, I don't think. They're probably gonna win all their non conference, but you're at Michigan, at Ohio State, at Wisconsin. Those are three really tough games right For there. sure. For sure. So ceiling, eleven and one. Yep. Somewhere Basement, on there. seven and five. Seven and five. Yep. I agree with you there. All right. I think that does it for Michigan State. That wraps it up for Sparty. All right. Next up. We have got the Purdue Boilermakers, coached by Jeff Brome, entering his third season in West Lafayette. Over the last four years, they are averaging a twenty-one, or they are at twenty-one and forty-one, which is an average of about a four and nine year. Last year, they were six and seven. The year before that, with Brome, they were seven and six, which of course we know has Jeff Brome at an even thirteen and thirteen mm-hmm. in his two years. What are we thinking about Purdue? Well, I noticed uh, doing all my previews going through the last five years, they have one more win than Rutgers in the last five years. Kind of crazy. You know yeah. I bet that would surprise the heck out of people, which kind of just goes seamlessly into talking about Brome Purdue. Let's start um, talking about Brome. So, yeah, because I, I think me and you, we are in agreement that the Brome praise gets a little bit off the rails sometimes. I think it gets off the rails. Now, there's certainly reason – to give him praise because I mean, of what the stat you just said, they were god awful sure. before he got there. But so we, we have our little thing where we call Scott Frost a demigod and we call Brome demigod. You know, really, Brome's the original demigod. He He's the one that was just anointed by the Big Ten Network two years ago as a demigod. So I'm calling him the OD, the original demigod. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> that it is. That's. But to me, this is the year where he can prove that he truly is a demigod. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Because they don't quite have the roster that they've had. Not that they had great rosters the last two years, but I, I feel like they're taking a little step back with the roster this year. I do, too. And okay. uh, truth be told, Big Kurt and I, we try not to talk we about We don't talk about this stuff. before no. this, so I feel like you're already kind of uh, going down the path where I think I'm going to be walking down here in a little bit. Uh, defensive coordinator Nick Holt, big fan. Of, Love him. Of My Kurt. favorite DC in the yep. Big Ten. Offensive coordinator they list Brian Brome, but I think we all know who the real offensive coordinator is, which I believe is Jeff Brome. Mm-hmm. Um, one more thing before we kind of get into the team. Uh, there are a lot of publications out there that have picked Purdue to finish very high yeah. in the Big Ten West. Sure. Street and Smith's had them second in the Big Ten West. I wouldn't um, trust a heck of a lot that Street and Smith says. So I'll just <laughs> I'm going to throw that out there. Agreed. Uh, by the way, this is a good time as any to to use to break down teams. We're just like anybody else out there. We we got to get data. Yeah. The two that I have relied on the most. By good timing here. Pick six previews. Absolutely. And Lindy's. 
Uh, Lindy's was fantastic Lindy's this was year. Amazing. Yeah, I mean they they basically what they did is they took the void that Athlon left behind last year. Athlon had a great Big Ten magazine last year. No Big Ten magazine by Athlon this year. Lindy's filled in and did a fantastic job. So that's I agree. That's those were my two number one sources too. Yep. And and so going back to Brom, the game grade like the change in game grade from when Brom took over is the biggest in Power Five. So and that's there great, is reason. That is an amazing stat. That's what Pick Six Previews does. Some of the stuff that they do is just unique views how they mm-hmm. set it up on the page um i love the fact with pick six previews that it's a it's digital format i love having a pdf version if i just want to pre- I, I like well you have the option for both i can have it on my I ha- computer I, screen or i can print it off to read i i, I like having the option for both sure I, but this is how much of a nerd i am i print it out the, you know, all 150 pages or whatever, and I took it to all, Kinko. No kidding. And I got it bound. You, you did? With covers, you know, really? front and back cover, yeah. I just printed off all the Big Ten and, pages. Well, okay, so in fact, what I did is I got I separated the Big Ten with all the all the preview stuff, like the all his, you know, analytics and stuff, okay. that, like the first 20 pages, and Big Ten, I put that in one bound issue, gotcha. and then everything else in another bound issue. Wow. So now I'm going to have my two references that I can put on my coffee table as I'm watching my games. That is pretty nerdy. It's really nerdy, yeah. But I'm proud of you. I mean, that's, that's awesome. Okay. Um, but anyways, so I would say let's go ahead and start with the offense, right? Because that's what okay. Rome is known for. Um, you know, I, 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 I understand every team has coaches that are developing players and has talent coming in, okay? Um, but I got to tell you, David Blau, DJ Knox – Mm-hmm. Isaac Zico, yep. Terry Wright, yep. these are – that's where a majority of the, of the plays in offense came from You didn't even year. mention offensive linemen. Correct. They, I mean, they lost their guard center guard yes. from last year too. Right. And I thought it was a – point being is I think the reason Jeff Brome had a good offense last year is because – Jeff Brom's good at calling plays. Yes. And because he had good players had running veteran players that were veteran. Yep. Right. Not, not going to be the case this year. And here's another thing about the the roster in general. He went heavy on JUCOs and transfers his first year because he looked at the roster. I mean, you could do case study. The way he went about his rebuild and Lovey Smith did, totally polar opposites. He said, I don't have the players right now. I'm going to go get them for this season. And it it's worked out well for him because – you know, everyone has been talking about him. The recruiting's been great, but I think that's kind of stinging him. An iron, this and he's year. got an ironclad contract. He's not yeah. going anywhere. He right. stayed. But, in- but my point being, I think that's stinging him this year because those guys are gone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And now they're filling in with the Hazel recruits and his initial recruits that are still young. There is a roster gap going on yeah. right now, and it could have been worse. So this was an interesting team to me. So I reached out to my Purdue insider, and I'm going to give him some love right now. He's on Twitter at Boilermakers4ER, at Boilermakers4ER. And he's one of these guys changes his name all the time. But right now he's Marcus the Goat Bailey season. Okay, okay so <laughs> I, I like the name. Okay. So a couple things he gave me. I said, who's going to be the running back here? I just I don't see it. And he says, watch for Jackson Anthrop. He's the guy. He, he's going to be the breakout guy this year at running Cap. back. Cap. I mean, I was just looking at what Tario Fuller. You know, I I just didn't see much there. I mean, here's the thing. When you start looking down Purdue's offense, I, it, really, I think you can say it about their entire defense. In fact, we've already talked about one. We'll get to it. 
every player that they are leaning on this year has a history of injuries. So we start at the so, quarterback spot. Yep, right. Elijah Sindelar, not, one, got beat out last year by David Blau. Right. And number two. Has been injured all the time, right? All the time. Yeah. I mean, he, he has got a knee that's rivaling Big Kurt's knees. Yes. Across the table. Right. Okay. <laughs> it is. It has been blown out. It has been. Yeah. Uh, sprained. It's got all kinds of issues, man. I, I he- appreciate the reference. Um, <laughs> but here's another thing. So they they played – the offense ran better last year with Blau at, at the helm, right? No doubt. And he's he's a dual-threat guy. There's no dual threat with Elijah Sindelar. I, I mean, I think he's athletic enough to do it, but I don't know if they can trust him to do it because I of wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't trust him to do Completely it. I wouldn't want note, him to do by it. The way. They gave David Blau, like, the lowest rookie – rookie rating in Madden and it's like one of the lowest of all times really that was a complete job by the Madden people I do not understand why they yeah, shame on you Madden um yeah so so and then Tario Fuller running back he's got a history of yeah. injuries as well, well and, he hasn't and, been uh, able to stay healthy Richie Worship yeah right another right. guy right so I he's mean he's never been healthy and now you got uh um I think so yeah now they got to build guard center guard yeah and Listen, you don't want to be rebuilding on the outside or inside for your offensive line. But if you've got a quarterback that can't take hits, yeah. Personally, I don't know. Guard center guard sure, right up the middle. I don't know. That's yeah. it's not a not a good and sign. You already mentioned so they're getting a lot of love for the receivers, right? And obviously Rondale Moore. But beyond By the that, way, we apologize to the college football world. We're five minutes into break. And haven't mentioned Rondale Moore yet. Uh, did, did we wow. did, is that a record? record? That, that must be. But like Okay, Jared Sparks, he's okay. He's he's not great, but they lost Ryan and Zico. And then after that, it's it's freshmen. Yeah. They're just unknowns. So David Bell, everybody's expecting him to be just a superstar from the from game one, right? That's what and, it, and that's what he's gonna have to be. And if that's the case, okay. And if Sindelar stays healthy, we got something here. Sure. I just feel like that's two big ifs and we're There's still a lot not of talking here. about the running game. Or the or the interior line, and now and, and, and I just want to say I've been reading and listening to reports coming out of camp and mm-hmm. listening to the words coming out of Jeff Brown's mouth. I swear I get a feeling of him pulling it back the, a little bit. The expectation train down. See, but remember when PJ Fleck did that last year, and they actually had a pretty decent year. Like I heard his concession speech. That's what I I call it. And I'm like, oh oh lord, are they only going to win two games this year? And they went to a bowl game. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it's just point. maybe it's just trying to get everyone to calm down a little bit. Okay, let let's let's just he, wait till we start and playing and games. Speaking of calm down, he he, I don't say called out, but he he definitely challenged Rondale Moore, saying he better okay. understand he can't work as hard as he did last year. He's going to have to work harder. And even mm. I don't know. I just it it is not. But but I do give I give Brome credit. Like I believe he's not trying to oversell things, and he's he's trying to challenges team sure yeah so going back to receivers one thing that we should take into account is the tight ends this might be the best tight end group yeah. in the big 10 i seen hopkins is stud and, and darius Pittman. and there's another one can't think of his name right now um another thing i reached out to my insider marcus the goat bailey season about was the offensive line because i was really concerned about it. he said they're coming along it sounds like things are going well in camp it sounds like they're they're getting a chemistry so maybe maybe they're gonna be a little better than well, well, I we are looking at freshman sophomore sophomore guard, i know guard. i know man that, it's, it's concerning first year you know first time starter 
Okay, but but what can what can the potential demigod Jeff Brown make of this offense? Uh, where do you think they can fall he, in the? Uh, here's what he's going to do: mm-hmm. the ball will be out of Sindelar's hands Quick. quickly. Yes, yeah, and, and it, it, short throws, get it to Rondale Moore, use Rondale Moore as a decoy. You know, Jackson Anthrop, uh, use him out of the backfield. But how good can they be in the Big Ten? I, I put their cap at like the middle of the Big Ten. I would at too. the highest. I would too, and. This would be good for the Big Ten, Big Ten West specifically. Maybe they get off to a better start because Brome is a genius and can manipulate things. Yeah. But after five or six games, when defensive coordinators have enough film and say, right, they can't drop, they can't do five step drops, man. They sure. Can't, they can't. Their offensive line can't protect. They they want to protect Sindelar. I could see it being a something where they get off to a strong start but struggle down the stretch. So speaking of, okay, just maybe to cap off the offense, returning offensive production, 37%. That's low. I think it's the lowest in the Big Ten for the offense. I wouldn't expect a ton from them offensively. However, (laughs) defensively, well, here's the thing. The good news is they have 72% of production coming back. The bad news is, they have 72% of the production yeah. coming back because they weren't so good last year. But they 88, 88th in the country in S&P right. last year. Gave up 30.5 points per game. This is not good. Um, and then we Those got, are not and, good, huh? No. Okay. And then, uh, yikes, if defensive tackle Lorenzo Neal cannot. That's going to hurt, man. That's going to be huge. Because he was our I – mean, He's we the knew anchor. Him. Well, okay. I, I would say Marcus Bailey. Okay. Is Fair. the anchor. I mean, that guy is not only the soul of the defense. I think you can make an argument he is the soul of the whole team. Hmm. The Purdue coaches okay. themselves have said we our defense goes how Marcus Bailey goes, mm-hmm. and they mean that by if he's out there because he's he's been injured as well. Yeah. And how how he plays because he is not exactly the most consistent player in the world. Okay. But when he's healthy and when he plays well, and maybe you can make an argument that he always plays well when he's healthy. That's how good the defense looks or doesn't look. So okay. he is huge. And and they've got some other players out there. Um, I think um uh Corey Trice is an is a freshman safety that they okay. said. Yep. Very athletic. They've got some other young players that they feel good about working in there, but it just sounds like Defensive backfield's young. Yeah. Real young. Yeah. I, I like the linebackers. They're returning three of the four defensive linemen, but that doesn't include Neil, so now Correct. it's really two out of four. And they were thin after the, at the front line yeah. to begin with. They just got thinner. But they do add Karloftis, who yeah. is going to be a stud, stud from recruit. day one. Yep. Yeah. So I expect their defense to be better than it was last year. I don't expect it to be great by any means. I, I think, again, you, you're just hoping for serviceable. Like middle of the pack Big Ten is what you're hoping for here. Yeah. I For them to be middle of the pack on the defense would be – I would say even as an optimistic Purdue fan, you would take that yeah. right now. So basically we're saying the the best they can really hope for is the middle of the pack in both of those, which is probably not going to happen in both. So if you put together, they're probably lower end of the Big Ten in offense and defense. They're going to have to work some miracles here. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what Street and Smith and some of these other publications are looking at. And then I, the other thing to start out with, we'll get into the schedule. There were some – Vegas, you know, offshore that had their over-under start at eight yes, games. I saw eight, and I would hammer the under on that one. Now, we we are going with seven here. At seven? But but, but I, I've, I've seen it drop to six now. I would go under at seven. At six, I would start thinking about it. If I had to choose at six, I'd probably go under. I couldn't. I couldn't. 
I mean, off the I top of my head, I can't say that head, any better. Yeah, off the top of my head, we're, we're, these are not our our final predictions, but I, right now I'd say probably five and seven for this team. That's pretty close to where I'd be yeah. at too. So, biggest game of the year. Biggest game. Okay, because I'm not expecting a whole lot. I think the biggest game, I'm going to go with Minnesota Okay. because it's their first Big Ten game. And Minnesota, like if, if they want to have a good season, that sets the tone for the season. Playing a, a, a solid Minnesota team, not world beaters, but a solid Minnesota team beating them. That's my biggest game. I do like that answer. They start, by the way, the schedule. It's got to be the weirdest start yeah. to, <laughs> to a schedule. So they first, start at Nevada. Well, first of all, any Big Ten AD that's starting your team on the road against a group of five team needs to be shot, like dragged out in yeah. the middle of the road, yeah. shot, killed, get a new guy in here. How does this happen? I have no idea, especially when you're following up a game versus Vanderbilt and then versus TCU. I'm, it's a brutal non-conference schedule here. And, I mean, then, and then you play Minnesota. So, yeah. I, so that is, I understand, like, for biggest game, because it could be it could be you, it could you, unravel you're not, quickly. You're not crazy to think they could be trying to stave off an 0 and 4 start yeah, at that point. Absolutely. I mean, or at least a 1 be, and 3 start. They'll be favorite at Nevada. But so I put so I I thought they would be doing a little bit better. Like they'll beat Nevada, let's say they squeak so. out a win versus Vanderbilt. It's going to be like tough Vanderbilt's one. Though. supposed to be yeah. a world beater. They get beat by TCU in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. They get beat by Penn State. Okay, that, that that crazy to think that's happening, right? I think so. That's... Now they're sitting there at two and three. Yeah, at Maryland is what I have because or versus Maryland, that's yep. a home, home game. Yep, that is a situation where that's a season saver right okay. there. They they can get back to three and three and back into the, sure. the thick of things if they wind up two and four after losing to Maryland. Okay, big deal. Yeah, uh, what do you got for curb stomp? Yeah, curb stomp's a tough one here. I, I really couldn't find one. I mean, I, I went with Nevada because it's like – I mean, I guess. Get, yeah. get, the, get the year get, off to a good okay. start. You, you stole mine then. Okay. I'm gonna. I'm just going to cheat. And, and, you want to know and, I have scariest game? Go for it. At Nevada. Do you really? <laughs> I mean – You know what I have? I, 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 don't, I, I don't want any part of that game. If I'm a well, I don't fan. either, and that's a good answer, but mine's Illinois. Because you got an Illinois team that's beefing up in terms of uh, in terms of talent. Yeah, you get them at home. Yep. But if you can't beat the perennial bottom dweller in the Big Ten West, this is going to be a horrible season. And they play Iowa at Iowa the week before that, and then Nebraska the week after. So it's, it's kind of trappy. We got, we got a little, little bit. trappy game yep. there too. That's that's a really good. Yeah. So I think we're both in agreement. Uh, eight hammer the under. Mm-hmm. Seven still like the under. Still like the under. Six. Don't lean under. Lean under. Just a slight lean to the you under. You get it at six and a half. Consider yourself lucky. Yeah, but here, here's one. Now, there is something favorable about their, their schedule overall. Five of the nine Big Ten games at home, right? And they get a lot of the, the easier games at home. So, in that sense, the Big Ten schedule is somewhat manageable for them. A lot is going to – I mean, especially from the over-under point of view. But I think that also plays into how you're feeling about the season as you're moving in. A lot of it is going to start how they look getting through that offseason schedule. It the, is the, the non-conference. non-conference. Yeah, I agree. Okay. That's that could just really set them up for total failure, or really give them a charge. Yeah, just, that's true. It just f- seems like it's going to be a lot better chance that it would be a negative feeling coming into conference play. I mean, TCU at home. How good do you feel about that right now? I don't feel good no. about that. I don't feel great about Vanderbilt. I think they can beat Vanderbilt, but that's going to be like a toss-up that's game. I think. Game. Yeah. yeah. All right, so that gets us through our first team pods. We are done with Michigan State. We are Feels done. good. Oh, yeah, we're off to a good start here, man. We this got more is to the go, but... start of the eyes on big 
actual season, yeah. the, the the regular season yeah. for Eyes on Big. This is where we're this digging kicked in. us off. Yeah, last year it kicked us off. It's kicking us off this year. It's a good start. But Kurt and I were excited to get down to the downstairs athletic club to get recruit or get uh, recording. And man, I'm still feeling good about it. Yeah. All right. With that being said, uh, thanks for listening. This is the Eyes on Big podcast. I am Jeffrey the Greek, and I am Big Kurt. Right, soon.